Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. Yeah, we're past Christmas now, but we're still feeling Christmassy. Yeah? This is good. I'm Jerry. David and Max are here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just to let everybody out there know, uh, we did a West Brom preview, but it's gone. And it's gone. Yeah, file was corrupt, and that's why you didn't get to see it. All right? We recorded it. We did the work. The computer screwed us over, and we had tears. Um, I mean, are are we not maybe thinking the computer done us a favor, considering how the game turned out? (laughs) Like, it foreseen what was about to happen? (laughs) That's what it was. It's It's actually my computer being, you know, for telling the future. Basically saying, guys, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, especially with, I'm I'm kind of glad because some of the score lines we come out with didn't quite go to plan either, did they? No, no I I only went I only went for a one nil, so I weren't that optimistic anyway. But yeah, some yeah. nobed said three nil. Can't remember who it was though. <laughs> we'll never know either. I'm just gonna say I said two. That's uh, but David, oh, to be well. fair to you, you said two or three. So you did. Yeah, let's oh, put you at two go, yeah. two and a half. All right. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, we'll get into that that um, stale performance later on. Uh, first, let's let's discuss uh, for you podcasters out there what's happening on the show today. All right. First off, we are starting with the West Brom reaction. Then we're going to go into uh, transfer rumors because there's one really really strong one right now uh, about Jink Tosun. All right. So we'll get into that and a few others, but mainly focusing on him. Uh, then we're going to get in some some stories. Some of you sent in your uh, stories about uh, about some some matches that you went to. You went the game, and some crazy stuff happened. And we're gonna we're gonna read those out, talk about them a little bit. All right, that's actually a podcast exclusive because if you're hearing this right now, you get you, you get to reap the benefits basically. All right. So lastly, we're gonna give you a preview of the Bournemouth match. Let's hope it's not a snooze fest. So West Brom reactions for any of you who decided to have a life and not watch this performance we drew 0-0 with West Brom uh who wants to start because it seems like there's only one real place to start which is the fact that we didn't go out and attack them and we're worried this is a this is a trend right yeah well I'm I'm just gonna I'm just going to have me be and let Max talk for a minute here. <laughs> and, like, yeah, obviously, you know, it was... Because, obviously, I think we had just completely different expectations going into the match. I thought, kind of, you know, we've kind of got the wind that we've got a few results behind us now and maybe we'll try, try turning on some attacking football. But watching the game, literally, to me, all it was was the defence taking, like, loads of crossing drills... Because that, that all it seemed to be, West Brom had the majority of the ball, and that being a fact that exists just isn't isn't good really. You know they 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 kind of dominated the, on the wings, and kind of most of their play from came from down the wings. Which I mean, we did okay dealing with it, but crosses still got into the box, 
and there were a lot of crosses and obviously that that's their main source of trying to get goals you know obviously um but and then then rondon went off rondon got injured and it's something that really got on my nerves i thought because when rondon went off i was thinking you know maybe now is the chance we'll try and express ourselves a little bit there tall center forwards gone off maybe we'll get the ball on the floor try and play our own game and there never really seemed to be any indication of that and you know as you say jay it did really seem stale from uh, an Everton point of view, possibly until Aaron Lennon came on. I thought Aaron Lennon was the only bright spark in a quite dull performance, really. And I'll give a little bit of credit to Nias for getting a couple of shots there. Uh, he got fortunate because he's always fortunate because that's Omar's game. He finds a way. I, yeah. and, I, and I was thinking about this the other day. Um, have you, have you, guys, you guys have both played a decent amount of football, right? Mm. So... Mm. This happens often in America. Maybe it doesn't happen in, in England so much. But in America, when you play, there's always this one guy who's really awkward and is so awkward and a little clumsy that he finds a way to take the ball from you every time. And it frustrates the heck out of you. You know, it just pisses you off. And you're like, why? Is, how is this guy taking the ball? He, there's no way. And you don't think he's going to touch it. There's no way. But, every t- but that's Omar. That's what he does. Yeah, really. When when I kind of watch Omar, as you said, they really come from your own playing experiences. When when your touch is off, or when you feel like you're not having a good game, the alternative I I've always felt is just run your ass off, just run like mad, and something will come of it. And you know, I think Umar probably knows himself. His touch isn't the greatest. He's not the most gifted of the footballers, but he's got an, a, a work ethic that I don't think anyone else at the club's got really. Mm. Yeah, I think Niasi's uh, build-up play is pretty poor. Uh, we, we, I've said that before. I think we've even discussed it. But the thing is, he scores goals. You know, he's got a half-decent conversion rate, um, considering how much football he's actually played. Um, so, yeah, that's what he's always going to be. I don't think he's ever going to be someone who can play a full 90 minutes, You know, bring other players into, into the game. But he's always another option, which is what you need. You need more than one option when it's not going our way. And, you know, he did nearly nick the three points for us. But yeah, Everton seems to be kind of in this stage where it doesn't matter whether they're playing bottom of the league, mid-table or top. They're going to play the exact same way. And that's almost sit back and let them have all the ball and try and nick something out of the game. Maybe the only exception was Swansea. But even Swansea seen a lot of the ball. Um we just managed to turn on a little bit in that game and win 3-1. But sounds again like West Brom was the same. and It's frustrating because West Brom were not in a good place or they're not in a good place at the moment. Whereas we've kind of gone one way under Aldice, they've gone the other way under Pardew. And am I right in saying they haven't won a game yet? They still since haven't won since August. August. Yeah, August. I mean, really, they're sitting ducks for anybody else to go there and win and yeah, we, we we just seem to do the same kind of performance. And, you know, you don't want to sound like you're moaning because our biggest issue was we couldn't stop conceding and now we have stopped that. So it's not being greedy. But as it, as was said after the um, the last game, you just want to see a bit more attacking um, from the from the whole side and some, just some a bit more creativity. Once again, by, by the sounds of it, I mean, I just better clear. I didn't watch the game because I didn't go, uh, so I didn't have time to watch it. 
So I'm going off reports, speaking to some close mates, and I'd look at Max's uh, play ratings as well. But you know, like Sigurdsson, who's found a little bit of form recently. But if he's if he's not playing well, and if he's not, you know, creating much from set pieces, which by all accounts he had another stinker on his set pieces again, then that's a creative spark not there. Then I don't know. And, uh, you know, people people moaning at us, aren't they? If you say that we want to see a little bit more going forward, because Al Dice has acknowledged it. But I, as I've said, I'm just a little bit alarmed at the moment. I just hope that we can change it quick, because it, once that first one or two defeats start coming, those performances won't be forgiven if we're not picking up any sort of points. Um, a couple of things. Number one, I saw it on Twitter, and I thought, ah, oh, that epitomizes what I'm thinking. So if you said this on Twitter and I'm not giving you credit, I'm sorry. All right. But it, I just thought it was it made sense. It is okay to bo- to think both of these things. That A, Allardyce has, been, has done a good job shoring up the defense and making us a competitive squad. And B, it's okay to think to be dismayed by the lack of attacking intent from our squad. You can think both of those things. It, you're allowed to do that. You know, you're allowed to think Allardyce has impressed us, he's done a good job, and I wish we were scoring more goals, or at least getting more shots. You know, that's what, I feel like everybody out there thinks, not everybody, I feel like a lot of people out there think it has to be one or the other. You know, I'm angry because we're not scoring goals, I'm angry because we're not getting chances. Who cares if we're playing good defense? No, I, I, I care, I think it's awesome. You know, I think that's, yeah. we're, we're looking okay. You know, we're in we're in ninth and we're only in ninth by what is it, goal diff? You know? We would be yeah. higher if we had we would be in eighth if it weren't for tying West Brom. And it's eight, it's eight, eight games unbeaten as well, isn't it? Uh-huh. Is yeah. it eight? No. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I agree. I think that, that and that's the point I was trying to make when people were getting a little bit confused. I said after our last game, uh the old Chelsea I said, you know, a good point, but let's be honest, the performance wasn't great. And as I said, they had people ja- jumping down my neck a little bit. But as you said, it's not black and white. It's very much a grey area. And defensively, yeah, fantastic. And we are all made up. We've stopped getting beat as well, which is fantastic. But we, we, we all agree that we just got to do a little bit more going forward because it, it's not going to stay like this forever. And if you, as I said, that first defeat comes and then these suddenly, like Anfield, for example, we all said it. I think you said it, Max, Jerry. You said it. At that, if we would have got beat there two or three nil, we would have been absolutely furious with that performance. But just so happens, we defended well. We nicked the goal and we got a draw out of it. But we didn't particularly think it was that great, did we? The performance. I think we're in that stage now where the defence is showing up now. We but we've got to show a bit more ambition, at least against the teams that we should be beating, like like the your West Broms who are struggling at the moment. Um, so yeah. So um, yeah, I think it's all negative again. <laughs> Max, you go ahead. Sorry. I I think this this is this is where the conflict of interest comes in really with with Allardyce. Um, you know, everyone is is well aware that Allardyce can shore up the defence and, and you know stop unnecessary concede. Like it was just unnecessary. You know, the amount of goals we were shipping per game. So obviously he's kind of he, he's got rid of all the you know the defensive errors. We showed us all up. And this this is where my my issue lay with it when it was you know because everyone knows how unsure I was of it when it first came about. It's the prog- the progression of the football that we play because obviously as, as as David said there, 
it's kind of see it seems to be the game plan that we approach every single game with, not just the teams that we should be beating. Um, I mean, not just the teams that you know we should be trying to nick a point off or whatever. It's the teams that we, you know where we should be putting two or three past them. We aren't really, we don't have any attacking kind of motive really. Everything kind of see sit back and react rather than try and impose ourselves on them. And mm. this, this, this is the this is the um, the testing part really. You know, you want to see us just play progressive football. So you just oh, hopefully, I think with the January, obviously, he said in his press conference this morning that he wants to bring in forward attacking plays because our attacking play hasn't been good enough. So hopefully, that will resolve some of the issues. But it, it, it's just wait and see at the moment. Um, one of the things Sam said, and then I'll move on to this other point. Uh, Sam said that people need to remember that. Liverpool drew with this same West Brom side. He was pointing out that they're difficult to break down. And let's be honest, Liverpool do, does have a you know very attacking side. Normally they score goals. All right, So that's true. I see where he's going with that. However, I was so angry when I saw our starting formation come out. All right, Because he started three in the back with wing backs, which is essentially five in the back. All right. Why? That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was, the five at the back. You know? Yeah. Why? Getting forwards. It was, you know, everyone seemed to be back. So that's, that's the thing that made me the most angry. You come out and you're playing against a team that's probably going to defend, defend, defend. That's what they were going to set up to not lose. And mm-hmm. we, then we set up like that. You know, I realize he's trying to implement different formations, give us some flexibility. I know that. This is one of those times where I think Big Sam got it wrong. I do. I think yeah. you set up in the same formation we've been going. Make them adapt. Don't adapt to West Brom. You know, no disrespect to West Brom, but they're, they're not in a good moment right now. We make them adapt yeah, around right. us. I, don't, I didn't understand that thinking. And the whole time I kept expecting one of the changes to be for him to bring in an attacking player and sub out a defender. That would make sense to me. Then you make them adapt around it. That never happened. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's worth noting that Rooney's a massive miss. Um, yes, that's the next thing I was going to talk about. Yeah. From his overall play, really, it's not just us tooting the Rooney horn again. It's really... Highlighting the fact that Rooney, when playing, is everywhere and helps a lot in that transition from being on the back foot to getting forward. He reads other players' runs a lot better than anyone else on the pitch and he makes good runs himself, Mm -hmm. which helps out players that are on the ball. So with that lack of movement in front of us, because there was many times when Schneiderlin had the ball and we looked like we were going to break away and it was just no movement. You know, and you've, you've got Calvert-Lewin up front, but do you really want to launch a long ball up when you've got the wet, like a back line like West Brom? Granted, they are, they are hard to break down, but when you don't even set up to attack, you know, questions should yeah. be there. I think just touching on that Rooney point as well, I think what's happened early on in the season, I, I know I was personally, there was a disappointment in the air because... It just felt like he was going to be the leader coming in and kind of galvanise those around us, and yet the results weren't happening, and he seemed to be as much as a ghost as the other big players. But I think since he's found his form, he's took the whole squad to the next level because of his presence on the pitch. Um, 
and everything you've just said that he does technically he's spot on he does but he just has this aura about him and you can still see it with the, with the other players and you know they're always, every time they're on the ball they're looking for Rooney and then Rooney is making stuff happen and when you think about it Rooney isn't always perfect in his play like he he can be a bit loose with the ball sometimes and give it away quite cheap or he just has that aura about him at the moment that is affecting the whole team and maybe his him not being there has played a part um yeah so i mean he's our captain now i just listen yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, is he is he is he officially the captain? That's a good question because usually when he's captain, Jags is not on the field. Yeah. So mm. I mean, for me personally, Jag Elker's never really been a captain, so I, I would give him the armband straight away. I think Allardyce coming in's got the perfect chance to give him it um, full time, but I don't know whether he does because he's not even technically vice captain, is he? Because Baines is vice captain. Yeah. Um, but he's another one who's not a captain either. Good plays, but they're not captain material. Mm. Yeah, see, right now, I, I see, I mentioned this in a previous video, but I actually, ref makes a shit call, Rooney runs over and is immediately in their face. You know what? He's strategically placed there. Sorry, what was that? No, I'm just going to say, we, this is just something that we've talked about. Yeah. You know, it, it shows the type of man that he is to have on the pitch. Yeah. And but the thing is, he's also a center mid. That's where he's been playing lately. Kind of that attacking center mid. So that means he's placed on the field to be able to get to the ref as quickly as possible. You know, Jags. When's the last time you saw him sprint up the pitch to argue a call fifty yards just to get in the ref's face? You don't see it if it's convenient. These haven't yeah. got that mentality. No, they, they never have. These are the type of plays that Carragher was talking about to shake his hand before they go into the derby, saying, "You know, like Karen and all that." And you know Rooney won't be doing any of that. They're just they are too nice. And for years now, they, you know they, these kind of things are spilt over on the pitch, and everyone's just kind of stood back and done nothing about it. Um, whereas Rooney doesn't, as you as you said. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a big miss, just like you guys, uh, both both in spirit, but additionally, uh, you know, his connecting play. He connects. He he actually makes things happen for. I mean, he's gotten some decent, some really pretty assists since he started playing that position. All right, um, huge miss. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, the our, our really impotent attack was the main thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, and I think Rooney being gone is part of it. I think our formation has been part of it. Um, Big Sam seems to think it's mainly about the players, mm-hmm. as in like buying players is what needs to happen. I'm not going to say that's really what it is, but I do think having a more clinical fin- finisher starting up top would help. Yeah, I think because we saw when, when Aaron Lennon come on, you know, he was like a little lightning bolt, really. He, he, he was the only player, when he seemed to pick up the ball, he just drove forward. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Jesus Christ, why don't we start off like this? <laughs> you know, so I don't think... I don't. So obviously we did. We we splashed the cash in, in in the summer on you know players we expected to turn uh, that would cover the absence left by Lukaku and not directly because obviously we didn't replace him with an adequate centre forward. But you know we brought we brought in all these hosts of like number tens, attacking minded players. You know like Sigerson that was on the pitch, and we thought you know maybe they they be the type of players that drag us through games like that and just mm-hmm. come up with come up with sparks. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that Sigurdsson haven't, because we've seen 
so, you know, especially against Swansea, how, the, how that goal turned the game on its head. But, you know, you just, you want to see them players take the responsibility and win us games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, overall, I think all of us agree that that was, despite getting a point, a very frustrating experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Especially uh, just having uh, our only shots on goal were Neos, and that was near the end of the game. Uh, how do you go yeah. through that? go that far through the game and not get any shots. I I don't understand that. Against a team that was set up to defend. I don't get it. Um, Again, though, I don't want to undersell the fact that we're still not... We we haven't taken a defeat under Allardyce yet. All right? Yeah. So I'm not all negative here. I'm just... And I don't want to act like I'm bored with with draws. (laughs) You know? I'm not bored with points. But you know, we, we're not wrong. We're not wrong for asking for more. I mean, we, you know, we, um, we've complimented the defence many times, and you know, particularly Mason Holgate and Ashley Williams, they deserve a compliment for the performance because you know all the balls that were getting put in the box, the magic, like you know, it was either Ashley Williams or Mason Holgate on the end of them, which you know, in a good indication that you know we were laying the foundation to try and push on. But we just want to see I, that. We want to see us push on. I think f- football is all about form as well, isn't it? And when you're in a good place, you've got to take advantage of it. You've got to be going out there and making things happen, picking up as many points as you can while confidence is there because we know it can turn like that and then suddenly you can find yourself in a difficult place. And while we're in, in, in a good position, when we got a good run of fixtures, we should be going out there and trying to get maximum points, in my opinion. Mm. Um, for, yeah, for me, I definitely think it's two points dropped, 100%. Mm. Um they're not playing well, and we, we should have went, went there and set up with a bit more on ambition. Yeah. There you go. Opportunity dropped is what it feels like. It feels like a loss. It really does feel mm-hmm. like that. But, again, one point. Okay? Yeah. We're, we're, we're yeah. still progressing. Even, even if it feels like a loss, at the end of the day, it's not, and it's better than a loss, isn't right. it? So, That's right. Because uh, we have we gone in, live with in previous seasons, we, we've lost that type of game. All right? Give up a late mm-hmm. a late. PK, or you know, uh, or, or some ridiculous header at the, la- at the last gasp. <laughs> so yeah, PK. I need to get a PK bomb graphic, by the way. Hey, yeah. yeah, it is PK Claxon. <laughs> All right, I think we've covered this enough. Hopefully, it's been more exciting than the game itself was. going to talk about some transfer rumors all right just like we do every week because there's always new ones all right and sometimes some are more advanced than others not unlike this uh apparently nice guy that plays for Besiktash all right Jink Toshin all right we are apparently very close to signing this guy uh guys let's let's hold him and save him for last though all right, let's go through the looser links, just ramble through them, and then let's get in-depth about Jinktosun. Got to work on saying that right. All right, so yeah. first one uh, that's been in the news more than the others, Steven Nzonzi, all right? Mm-hmm. Big Sam's talked about him a few times, uh, possibly about $25 million for him, but the release clause is closer to €40 million. Euros. Uh, yeah, 
it's weird because if we if we are interested in him, that means we're get, getting rid of one of our D mids, all right? Which, yeah. Which I think we'd be fine with, right? Uh, yeah. Depends on who it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that's pretty obvious now, isn't it? Because we, I, I feel like we spoke about this not so long ago, and we were like, well, he's not really a priority for us, but you know, if someone goes, then yeah, and that clearly that's what's going to happen. Otherwise. Otherwise, it makes no sense for anything else. My money's on Schneidlin. I know he's kind of got back in the side and stuff, but I'm still, I'm st- I still feel like this. Or maybe McCarthy. I've heard maybe a lot. I've heard a lot of people saying Schneiderlin a lot. Mm. I think it. Yeah, I think if it, if it is to happen, it will be Schneidlin. Nicole. I don't particularly want it to happen because I am a fan of Schneidlin. Mm-hmm. So it does just feel like one of them unnecessary transfers where money would feel better. Invested elsewhere. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I will. I, although we don't, we don't know what money we're going to get for Schneiderlin, do we? Yeah. It, it, maybe if they could line up something similar. But uh, Clay is just a sour taste, isn't it, from this whole debacle over the past two months with, with yeah. Schneiderlin? So, yeah, I, I think the main thing with this transfer is I think he's better than most of the other options at the position. You know, that's yeah, why probably. Be, um, I, I feel like he's like Schneiderlin, except a little faster, and uh, he goes forward more. That's yeah. that would be good. Um, next, yeah. uh, this this guy's out of League One, Carl Toko Ekambi uh, from Angers. Uh, he has uh, he's 25 years old. He's got nine goals in 16 appearances, uh, three assists. He plays both center forward and winger. Uh, most of his goals clearly are from center forward. Um, He's a pretty strong guy. Uh, he hold on, holds on to the ball well. Uh, decent passer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like no, not many people know much about him. He, I think he was in uh, the second division last season. I think this is his first season in the in the first in Ligue 1. All right. Mm. So yeah, uh, people are starting to mention him more. Right, which is odd because yeah. that would be sort of a second center forward we'd possibly be purchasing. I feel like that's the kind of rumour that develops when somebody's new into a top division and has a good return of goals or just good form and then immediately transfer talk starts about a big move to the English Premier League and I think that's maybe what that is. I'd be surprised if, if anything comes of that one. Yeah. Here's why. Plus, plus I know fuck all about him. <laughs> Here's why I wouldn't be yeah. totally surprised and it's Steve Walsh. You know, Walsh is known for dipping into Liga. You know, he yeah. he does that. Uh, he finds these players that are in foreign leagues doing well. Uh, now, whether or not he always succeeds at this, that is up for debate. All right? But I would not be surprised if this is a genuine link. Um, yeah, because it's very Steve Walsh Moneyball. Yeah, as you say, it is a wild thing because I can't really remember the last time Everton went for someone in France. But you know, it'd be interesting to see how that relationship develops, really, because I think if he is going to be in the position for a long term, it, I can't see it being a, a league and a, a country that he, he goes to frequently. Yeah. So, it, is is France a, con- a connection for Steve Walsh? Or are we just going off like the likes of Mares and the Kante come from there as well? Didn't he? That right, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't purposely trying to catch anyone out there. I just don't know myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, 
So yeah, I, I assume maybe a scouting network might be friends. Yeah. So, right. yeah, I think that's what it is really because obviously he had scouts at Leicester. And he, so. and he did apparently attend a, a game last week. Uh, he attended Lille. Uh, so he, he and when, when Walsh shows up, there's there's clearly somebody on the squad. There's a center back at Lille he's interested in. We talked about him last week. Go watch that video. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, it does seem like he's he, he feels like deals are to be had in France. All right. Uh, so yeah, might be real, might not. Next, uh, Joe Bryan, Bristol City, left back. Everybody's going mm. nuts about this kid because he apparently scored a stunning goal against Man U in the Cup. Uh, 20, yeah, t- 24 years old, a young uh, possible uh, successor to Leighton Baines. Mm, no, definitely, I, yeah. No, no I Fan. I'd be a big fan of it. Did happen, you know? Obviously, he said he got he has got an eye for goal as he did prove against Man United of all teams. And he get he gets up and down quick, you know. It, it as you say, it just does seem like the ideal successor for Leighton Baines. So hopefully, it is an avenue that we explore. Mm-hmm. What I liked about that goal was the actual build-up play that he was involved in. Uh, it was fantastic. I, I, probably most people watching have seen it, but if not, watched the goal. It's a great goal, but. Yeah, I'd be chuffed with that. My only concern is because of where he is and the hype around him, I just think loads of clubs are going to be in for him. So it, it could then become, you know, you'd have to pay stupid money to get him. And is he is he worth that? I'm not too sure. I kind of feel like that type of player, you want to get them under the radar before other people start noticing him. Um, but yeah, he would be a great player. I wonder if that goal tacked on like $10 million onto his price. Uh, easy. I mean, that's, I don't know if you were saying that's a joke, but that, that is... No, I, no, I was being yeah. serious. It sounds like a joke, yeah. but I, I think it's possible. Yeah. You know? That's probably yeah. that's probably the, the, the you know the tag that he ca- he'll carry with his... Carry with, he's that lad that scored against Man United in the cup. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah, uh, very possible, but uh, hard to say. Hard to say if it's actually going to happen. Again, those three... It's hard to say whether or not they're realistic at all. We can't tell yet. Um, last one before we get to Jink Tosun. Today, a connection, and I have no idea where this connection came from, guys. Uh, apparently, we have called Atletico Madrid. We've contacted them. About, I'm done. That's it. I'm out of this <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm uh, done. Yeah. Nico Gaetan. All right, speedy little winger from Argentina. Uh, yeah. He's kind of a, just he's an attack-minded player. Gets up the field quickly. I don't know a whole lot about his durability. Um, he's can get us a lot of assists. Uh, supposedly, yeah. the teams we're interested interested with along who join us in this interest. Uh, I think it's possible if those are the only teams. All right, I think West Ham is one of them. Um, yeah, it could be a thing. Could actually happen, uh, but I have not seen one credible source connecting a, us with him yet. You know, he, he was good. He, uh, I watched a bit of him when he was at Benfica, and he, he was really a player that caught the eye of Benfica. He, he, he struggled, kind of. I felt at Atletico purely because of the caliber of players that mm-hmm. they have over at Atletico, and you know. He's just he's kind of another one of those players where he, he is flexible and that he can play on the wing and he can play behind the forward. So it's just kind of that balance of where to get the best out of him if we are even interested. But yeah, definitely that would be a player that I, I, I'd go after. 
He reminds I me think... of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go on. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> oh, guys, just so polite uh... on this video. Because <laughs> normally when we're not on camera, David's like, shut up, I'm talking. Yeah, this is how the video is going to go. And if you pipe up again when I'm speaking, we are going to fall out. I just get really <laughs> awkward. And then the video comes on, we all go, hey, all right, it's crazy video. And, then, and the minute it goes off, we just don't speak again until <laughs> we start recording. Everyone, you, you know. See, we were normally going to save that for the tell-all book. I don't, I don't know if Max is saying they hate me or hate you, Jerry, but it's probably both to be fair. I think it was like you all, as in you too. It's yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, but, there's some big e egos on this show. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's sort of true. No, I, I, I don't know. I, this guy, if we're getting back on. Uh, Gaetan. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Irving Lozano that we talked about the other day, uh, the Mexican player. Uh, except I feel like this guy uh, maybe a little bit more sturdy, you know, not quite yeah. as slight. Um, and I feel like he's more proven, but he would cost way less. It's a strange one. Uh, it seems like it would be a serious deal and it would be a name. For for us, uh, that's why I keep thinking it's not going to happen. Is because he he has this well respected name. Uh, mm. Yeah, I I don't know, guys. I I I can't get behind this yet because I just don't know. If, I haven't seen anything super so, credible. Is my philosophy right? I believe when Everton decided that they were going to invest a lot of money and kind of be um, battle with the top sides again, I think the pulled the club out the heart, a big name, and it was Atletico Madrid. And now they they decided that somehow, they don't know what it is or who it is, but they're going to take something from Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, so first they wanted to fight with Atletico Madrid for Costa. Then they wanted Diego Simeone from Atletico Madrid. Now they want him. And I think they'll just end up taking that. Let's go Madrid theme teapot or something, bring it over, and then we can carry on with actual normal transfer business. And that's that's my hope, mm. or my, at least my idea. That is David's ITK knowledge for all you people out there. Yeah, <coughs> he's <Eat it> up. <coughs> just like all the other ITK people. He's got a mate who works at Finch Farm. Mm. Yeah, everyone got a mate at Finch Farm. Yep, everybody does. Yeah. That's what <laughs> the problem is. They all cut the grass or clean the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say a caterer, but yeah, that's, that, that yeah, all works. So now that we've gotten the, 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 the more tenuous connections out of the way, let's get to the very, very strong connection. Earlier this week, uh, Turkish media was inundated with stories that Everton were seriously interested in Jink Tosun. I did not know what to believe because I've seen some very dodgy links come out of Turkish media. So I wasn't sure. I mean, I remember... Uh, was it last year or a year before we were linked to Wesley Schneider? That happened a couple of times, and I was like, okay. And now, and then I got to the point where I just I, I, I wasn't sure if I could believe them. Obviously, sometimes they're going to get things right, and they're going to be more trusted sources than others. But I still refuse to believe anything. It kept coming. It kept coming. It got stronger and stronger. Uh, so yeah, and now it seems he's had he's played a, a farewell match yesterday, and that he is apparently going to be flying in 
to Finch Farm to, to finalize this, and apparently Steve Walsh is on a plane right now to go to Turkey to make this happen. All right? Uh, also, the, for those of you who haven't been keeping score, Cenk Tosun is a striker, center forward, but also plays on the wing from Besiktas in Turkey. Okay? Uh, yeah. Some of the head people at Besiktas came out and said there hasn't been a bid. It's not official. This thing is not done. What is going on? So, let's not talk about whether or not this is going to happen. All right? Because we don't know. Let's talk about his viability in the Premier League for Everton. All right? Because we can't predict all that other stuff. Okay? Um, I'm going to rattle off some stats. You guys, you know, pipe in whenever you want to. He's got, this season, he's got 12 goals in 17 appearances. And that includes his four goals in Champions League. And he's got some serious highlights, all right, uh, in terms of crazy outside of the box. The one against Porto is insane. Um, Champions League goal of the season last year, I believe. Th- that one against Benfica, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Was, yeah oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it, it's really good. Yeah. Um, th- last season, in 2016-2017, he had 27 goals in 51 appearances. And that includes seven assists. Strengths, I mean, he's strong on the ball. He's, good, he's, a, he's a clinical finisher. He's great at aerial duels. He's good, good hold-up play, uh, but he's not particularly pacey. He's only six foot, so he's not as tall as Giroud or Benteke. However, Cavani's six foot. So to be a good hold-up striker, you don't necessarily have to be gigantic. All right? Nope. Uh, yeah, so what do we think here? I'm a, I'm a big fan Purely because of, you know, obviously, of what I've seen. He seems like a really intelligent player in that, you know, he, he utilises space to the best of his ability, whether that's, you know, a time in his run or, or you know, waiting where just his link-up play seems good. And that, that kind of, in, like, makes me think whether we're going to drop a defence. If he does come in, obviously, if we're going to drop the two, like, the two holding midfielders and maybe put them up front with Calvert-Lewin, because I feel like if the two of them play together, and I think a lot of this hinges on whether he's able to adapt to the Premier League. I think that's the, the biggest question. We found this out. Even Sam's brought it up with Sandro in his press conference this morning. He, he literally outed Sandro, saying you know he hasn't adapted to the Premier League. So, given that Tosun adapts to the Prem, I think he could be a great partner for Calvert-Lewin and that they can, they can kind of just vibe off each other. You know, because he seemed quite quick feet as well, which I think would be really good in terms of you know quick one twos getting in behind. So you know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of anticipation, but as an Evertonian, you refuse to get ahead of yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to touch on it, but you you, you hit the nail on the head there. It, it's so hard to get excited over these signs when. Ramirez was just a prime example of it just not working out. I mean, on paper, he looked a fantastic signing. And then it just it didn't turn out like that. But what I do like is the fact that he's he's been so pro- prolific. So, as prolific as you can be for Besiktas in the Champions League, I think can really squash those arguments of whether he can do it against better teams because he's proven he can. Um, but it's, it's not always about doing it against the, the bigger teams at such, is it? Because... Over here, it's just it's just a different game. The whole thing, it's different conditions. You know, 
you might be playing big teams, and the, but then the lesser teams, it's very physical. Uh, so yeah, I'm just. It's great because we need that target man and we need that sign and then the guy who can hold things up. Because Calvert-Loon's done a great job of kind of uh, filling in that role and doing the best he can, but we just know it's not it's not his best trait at all, is it? So yeah, I think if he could have him alongside him now, um, I think it's what we've been screaming out for for the whole season, really. Uh, it is nice to, to possibly bring in someone who uh, is a good one-touch finisher and can win can win some headers. Uh, he's he's clearly been solid at that. Now I don't know if he's played against the same size of center backs consistently in Turkey. I'm not sure uh, as far as like either strength or height. I do, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about the Turkish league. I don't. Um, I will say that I think the con- consistency of strong center backs is going to be stronger in Premier League. There's just going to be more of them. All right. I think Premier League is one of the strongest, most physical league in, leagues in the world, if not the most. Right. So it is going to be different from him. For him, it's it's going to take him a little while if he comes. Uh, it's nice. The idea of that's what I've been asking for the whole time. I want I want uh, some kind of striker. Who can who can finish in the air? Get on the end of those Gilfie cigarettes and dead balls. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I. It, no one knows whether or not he can play in this league. No one. All right. That's what I see the most of. There's people saying in there he's not what we need. He plays in a no mark league. Blah blah blah. All right. Which number one is pretty disrespectful to the Turkish league. It is. All right. However, I just because maybe because it's the term no mark is just really negative. But however, uh, we we do know that Premier League is overall a stronger league, top to bottom. Uh, but no one knows whether or not he's going to succeed. No one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, think about think about Besiktas. I mean, Besiktas probably if not the biggest side in Turkey. So the 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 level of pressure that comes along with that obviously you know he, he mustn't be a stranger to having pressure on his shoulders so if the move does go ahead you know uh, it would it wouldn't surprise me if he took took to the Premier League a lot quicker than say what Sandro had yeah I think it's I think it says a lot about a player when a fan base is so disappointed and devastated would probably be a better way to see him leave. Um, because once again, Besiktas, similar to the argument we had about Klassen, I know it hasn't worked out for them, but you know, Besiktas, they do know good football because they, they watch it in Champions League every season, or well, at least Europe of some form, even if it's Europa League. So they do see some great sides, not just almost stuck in this bubble of just watching Champions uh, Turkish League football every week so they'll know a good play when they see one and for them to be speaking so highly of him and being disappointed I leaves maybe does say does say something about the play himself I think it speaks huge volumes I think you guys are totally right and inevitably I mean there are probably a lot of Besiktas supporters that are going to watch this video alright so hello to you and thank you for watching our video or listening to yeah, our podcast alright yeah. Uh, nice one, Besiktas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Besiktas! <laughs> something like that. You know how many how many uh, Besiktas supporters have come on to, gone on to Twitter and all over the place, and they're, they're, they're so supportive of Everton now. They're wishing Jinktosin good luck. They're wishing us good luck. 
I mean, it is not, it, we mentioned it off camera, but it's like the exact opposite of the way we treated Lukaku, all right? Which, number one, that does say something about the player, but also about their supporters. They're ridiculously, uh, they're, they're, they're awesome supporters. They're loud. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, 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 they hate, and they hate Liverpool as well, so yes. I, I feel like we've got a common enemy there, so mm-hmm. we're, you, can, you can come down to County Road anytime for the drink, can't you? Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm supportive of this move. Uh, I, I do think he represents a little more risk than an Olivier Giroud would. I do. And I, 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 he just does. That's the way it is. However, he's a little bit younger than Giroud. You know? Uh, so he, might, he would potentially be with us for more years. Here's the, here's the problem now with that Giroud move that we were so keen on in the summer. He's hardly kicked the ball all year, which means... Probably the second half of the season is going to be a write-off as well because he's not match fit. Mm-hmm. And then he's another year older for the season ahead, isn't he? So, I mean, I did want Giroud, but and I did, even I didn't anticipate the lack of football he would play at Arsenal this year. And now it is, it is actually a game-changer for me in terms of Everton going in again for them. I probably wouldn't like to see it. So, so yeah, it... Overall, the move is a risk, but I think if you look at his stats, I mean, he had 27 goals last season. 27. Um, doesn't matter what league it is, it takes some doing, doesn't it? It really does. And, and granted, you got to think about Besiktas is the, one of the strongest squads in Turkey. All right? There, yeah. there are so, many compet- so much competition for goals. When you're in a good team, it's mm-hmm. tougher to score all the goals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier. You remember Sigurdsson playing for Swansea? He got tons of goals. When he played for Spurs, not as many. When he plays for us, it's not as many. You know, so I, I, I think we, if he ends up coming, because I don't want to jinx the move, right? I think he could be a player, a player with that comes with some risk, and he's gotten us a hell of a lot more supporters in Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's just that's just badass. Just saying. All right. Uh, so, guys, uh, fingers crossed that the Tosin move actually happens. And for those of you who disagree with the Tosin move, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's pretty impossible to argue against you. It is. Just wait and, just wait and see. You know? I, you know, that's all you can say. So, yeah. Uh, that's that's our transfer rumors, and that's our, our Jink Tosin thoughts. And now we are going to do kind of a new segment for Toffee Blue View. Uh, we online we asked for some fan stories, some uh, either either away day stories, Goodison stories, just something about going the game. Your best stories. Uh, we're each going to read one, maybe give a little reaction. Max, you want to start this off? Right, the one I've got. I was I was invited by my ex's brother-in-law to see Everton against Southampton at St Mary's as he's a season ticket holder. I had to sit amongst thousands of home fans and watch BT score, and I couldn't murmur a positive noise. Couldn't even join in in the brilliant, ironic chant from fellow Toffees. Same old BT always scoring. Then the unthinkable happened. Crouch equalised. I stayed sitting down, biting my hand in disgust. Then they went in front. I could sense gloating fever sitting on my bill and then Crouch was through one-on-one with Nigel Martin and I knew it was over. 
they've just gone dead dramatic. They've just put but weight in the middle of the but weight. It's just a big moment of tension. He shoots straight at Martin, and Martin punts the ball forward the game. I knew something special was afoot. Bent in space, Ferguson screaming for it in the box. He's not going to go for it, for it from there, is he? Oh no, what a goal in the 93rd minute. I lost my bearings. I could feel the toffee within me surge. And in front of thousands of home fans, I stood up and screamed, have that, you wankers. Thankfully, my eyes were diverted <laughs> as there were dozens of Everton fans in the same end, a couple of rows down. I survived the kick-in and the Saints got relegated that season. Perfect ending. All right, and who's that one from? That one's from The Ex Entertainer. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I am sure I remember that game, and I'm pretty sure, and I might be lying in here, so apologies if I am, but that was the season we got uh, Champions League football, or at least finished in the top four. Um, it was a good season, yeah. So have, you all, have you all dealt with anything like that before? Yeah, I went, I went to Wolfsburg away, when we when we had them in Europe, and I was sat in the home end, and it was really it was just an uncomfortable experience because I was just I was kind of thinking because obviously everyone knows how how enjoyable Everton aways are, especially the European ones. And I was just kind of sat in the home end, thinking, oh god, we better not play well here. And um, but but thankfully for me, the, the, the lad next to me, the, the, I was sat next to some German man. He could speak quite good English. And um, we, you know, we quite we had a good football and conversation. Um, and you know, we we that was one of the best games I think I've ever seen Everton play in general on the counter. Oh, yeah. so, so we just, that was a phenomenal performance. That's yeah, we blitzed them on the counter attack. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think we both both sides had goals disallowed, so it was just really edgy in the home end. So I was kind of just rather me look throughout it all. Um, can I give the give, give the uh, I give the air a punch at full time, nothing too over dramatic, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was enjoyable, but it was it was one of them. Uh, I would have just preferred to be in the Everton end, to be honest with you. <laughs> An experience. Um, I've had that a couple of times at Anfield. Um, oh, I think one of the times that it was when we we drew two two and we were getting beat one 0 at half time, Torres, and then. Within five minutes, the second half, we'd went two one up through Distan and Beckford, and it was all you know, all the taps on the head and all you know, very light-hearted when they were winning one nil. But the minute we went two one up, all the threats were coming in and everyone was piping up everywhere saying you were going to do this, do that. Um, and then they got a penalty late on through Maxi Rodriguez, um, and it ends up finishing two all. So everyone stayed mates. But the only other time I've done that was we got we got spanked four nil few years ago when I couldn't get in Ireland and yeah then once again it's all uh little plucky Evertonians you know with the uh, pattern on the head and all that so I think it's one of them when when it goes the home fans where you're all right being with them but if you dare win the game then it can all turn you ready to move on to the next story yeah yeah so I've uh, I've got a story from Gene Hunt underscore UK that's the Twitter at do give them a follow <laughs> um yeah, one match versus QPR. We were sitting in the disabled. Oh, I was sitting with a disabled mate in front of the paddock. Uh, QPR were behind, and Roy Wegley. I'm not sure on the pronunciation there, but they, they, yeah, he's actually an American guy, you know, Jerry. Roy Wegley. Hey, uh, so no, if, re- if that if he's American, that is exactly how you pronounce that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Wegley. Yeah. What a name. Uh, yeah, 
QPR were behind and Roy Wegley r- rushed over to pick the uh, pick the ball up to take a quick throw in and gestured to my mate who had grabbed it to throw it over. My mate moved to throw it to him and then rolled it the opposite direction. Where <laughs> Wegley was furious and went to give him a mouthful, but suddenly spotted the wheelchair and restrained himself. <laughs> All the paddock were pissing themselves, laughing at him. He wasn't too happy, of course. <laughs> Good on that. That so so essentially he just faked him out and time wasted a little bit. That's that's amazing. That, 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 yeah, yeah. That, that's that yeah. is just in its prime. The antics when we're when we're in front and the ball goes over throwing. You're not getting that ball back for a good five minutes. That's that. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I, or it'll end up back back up on the pitch when the when the spare ball gets kicked yeah. on today. Yeah. yeah. Have you all seen the, the two balls on the pitch? There's a video of. You know, painful memories for me, but Pan- Panama when they were trying to qualify for World Cup recently, and they had just just got a goal that that was going to send them to the World Cup, and, and the ball went out of bounds, and got from another team bends to pick it up, and the ball boy just comes and runs in and kicks it out of his hands, oh, yeah, just blasts it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched that like five times. Uh, I hated it because it. Pretty, you know, it didn't help us at all. But in hindsight, really funny and amazing. Yeah, it's like you hate it, but you kind of admire the pettiness behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. <laughs> all right. So my story, well, not my story. This is actually at S M I V S E F C. So at Smiths E F C. This is a this is a at Smiths E F C story. Went to Plymouth away. I think it was in the 80s. And coming out to the ground down ramp, some fellow blues hopped over onto the toilet's roof to beat the cues. And the roof collapsed. Nightmare. And they pissed, it, it absolutely pissed ourselves. And here's a little wordplay once a blue, etc. I'm assuming they're saying that because of the blue stuff inside of the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> That is uh, that is gross and amazing. That sounds like something that happened in a movie. <laughs> I've I've never seen anything like that happen in real life. Like eighties away, the portal is going everywhere. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody experience anything like that at all? Because I sure as hell haven't. No, but something just sprung into my mind from from David's story about the disabled clan. Um, I remember it was a few years back. I went down to Leeds and I was with my dad, and um, we picked up our tickets. But our tickets were just in complete opposite ends, and we just thought, "Nah, we're not really fancy that. We we, we want to be together, particularly at Leeds, because I don't I don't know if any. I mean, I know Jerry hasn't, but I don't know if David's ever been to Leeds. But yeah. around, around the time there was um, the, you know the Hillsborough inquiry was kind of up in the news. Oh, uh, was that that night? Was that the uh, League Cup game where we got beat two yeah. one? Yeah, uh, it was naughty that night, wasn't it? Somehow, somehow, me and my dad ended up in the Leeds disabled supporters section, which is <laughs> right, right next to the Everton fans. Um, I think we went we went one nil down that early. Um, I think we we even went two nil down. We just got one back at the end. But yeah, I think that I just I just remember that from you know, the 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 Yorkshire yeah. antics really. Yeah, weird game. I remember that because El had the youth had the game of his life, didn't he, yeah. against us? 
bastard. Hate that bastard. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Anything else on this, guys? Oh, it's just it's it's nice to hear the stories in it because yeah, just Everton isn't it? It's it's what makes Everton so personal and it's great. So so uh, for all the people out there listening, uh, you probably have Everton stories. All right. So if you want us to read them, read it on our show. Uh, send it in. Uh, you can send this to the Toffee Blues either on Facebook or on Twitter and maybe on Instagram. Yeah, they've got the email on the uh, on the bio as well, haven't they? Yes, they do. Toffee Blues. All right. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, send us your stories. We would be very happy to read them on our show. <laughs> We need to give a preview of Bournemouth. Uh, I have their their info on their recent form. Uh, they are 18th with 17 points. Uh, they recently drew with West Ham 3-3 and lost to Man City 4-0. Uh, that West Ham match, guys, was a little contentious. Uh probably more red cards should have should have happened apparently there was some feet to faces and whatnot uh yeah and hands to faces you know that kind of thing i think it was more hands to faces regardless apparently it's uh west ham fans uh, were felt pretty hard done by that result um so maybe bournemouth is beginning to play a little more physical so that's something we might be seeing so be aware uh the team the probable team Begovic, Francis, S. Cook, Ake, A. Smith, Jordan Ibe, Cook, Gosling, Fraser, King, Wilson. That's probably who they're going to start with. Their goal scorers are usually Josh King and Wilson. That's the same Josh King who we have been connected with in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, what's our team going to look like, guys? Go well, on, Max, just because you, you, he's cut it all out, but we've been talking for 10 minutes about... <laughs> The offers, Brazier, all kinds of sitcoms. So I just need a breather for a minute. So <laughs> about that. Um, Pickford, Kenny, Holgate, Williams, Martina, Gay, Lennon, Rook, Rooney's fifth again. Rooney, Sigurdsson. And then this is where it just gets tough. Because I just I don't I don't know whether to to go fully fledging or for the two up front because I feel like that's something that we should go for. I feel like we should go for Calvert Lewin and the ass up front, mm. but I just I just can't see it. I'm about to make it tougher. Isn't Gay still injured? Oh shit! Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you did you put Schneiderlin in? What? No, did you? No, so put Schneiderlin in for game. You should be back on track. I want to bring to to, to attention the nauseated look that Mac just gave when they mentioned when David mentioned Schneider. Did you put Schneiderlin in? Max goes no. (laughs) 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 It's awesome. (laughs) I'm just saying that there's a straight swap, and we can just get back on. That was the player that I was just going to sacrifice to just go forward because I just feel I don't know. I am a fan of Schneiderlin, and I just feel like. If we took him out, we'd just we'd lose that kind of like almost because it's almost frigid, really. Like the anchor, like an anchor almost holding us back a little yeah, bit. That, take that out. I just want to be a lot more fluid in going forward. Yeah. So that, and obviously that's why that's why I've just 
my, my brain's just almost just instantly gone for gay because I know gay's a lot more energetic and getting the ball forward. I mean, I don't know who else you'd really trust with that responsibility unless Klassen makes a random appearance in the squad, which I'm quite pissed off at that he hasn't even made an impression in that behind closed door game. You know, what What the fuck's going on with him? Um, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe a deal has already been done for them to go somewhere for a few months because he isn't even putting them in the squad, is he? No, and that's a worry for me because I feel like he could be, he could well, he could, he could have been a really influential player. But um, I, I, I just, you know, especially after the West Brom performance, fuck it, go two up front and try and play good football. They have these haven't won since early November, and the amount of games that they've had to try and fix that, you know, we've got to capitalise on that. Yeah. That would be that would be fun. It would be really fun. I just don't think Sam's going to do it. Yeah, well, I, I think for me uh, personally... <laughs> no, I, I just... The idea of possibly playing offensive just is enticing and it sounded really neat. Yeah. And then I got brought back I down think, to life. <laughs> yeah. I think... See, here's the perfect world. I, I think you look at West Brom and you think, on reflection, that was two points dropped there. Let's let's go for this. We're playing a very, very similar side. We're away from home again. They're not in a good place. Um, albeit, I know they got a decent point against West Ham. But, um, yeah, you think, right, let, let, we've probably learned that we can maybe be a bit more proactive in, in terms of going forward. In reality, it wouldn't surprise me if it was almost the exact same team that was set up against West Brom with Calvert-Lewin on his own up top, um, which can be a bit, I don't know, bum you out a little bit, but hopefully... Rooney being brought into that fold somewhere will maybe give us a little bit more that we didn't have at the Hawthorns. Um, but yeah, in an ideal world, I'm with Max. Let's just go for it, but I just don't think he will. I'd like to see Lennon start again, though. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Lennon. Just, and it's just a little question that I want to... Because of it, I think it's clear that, you know, Velasquez not managing 90 minutes as of yet. So would you start him or would you bring him on towards the end of the game? I'm more I think- into- to bring him on towards the end, you know. Yeah, if, I, if I they think t- at this stage. What's that? No, I, I was just going to say if they t- if they tire because obviously they're a very hard working team. So you know, if they if they you know if they've been running their asses off, even a half time, you know, bringing them on a half time, he's fresh. They're not. You know, I, I feel like a, a fit, fit Balassi is almost certainly a starter. But I think if there's one benefit of him not being fully fit at this stage, it is one an impact sub to bring on. I think he is perfect. I think, you know, he could just change a game. And, you know, when you start running at players who've already played an hour's football, he just it's trickery and everything that comes with him. I mean, it's it, perfect for me to come off the bench. Mm. Uh, so, I, I've just written down what I think... Sam's going to do, uh, I, but I'm. I, I don't want him to go three at the back again. I don't want him to do that because it's effectively five at the back, and I don't think it's needed. Uh, we're at home as well, aren't we? No, no, we're not. No, no, we're, no, not yeah. Right. Yeah, we're, we're we're at Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah uh, within that within that fuzzy period where you don't know what day it is, you don't know who's doing what. So I can't re- I can't relate to that. Uh, yeah. like, I'm, I mean, it's 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 like Friday midday. I've been drinking bottles of shite all day. So, 
Yeah, this is this is actually moonshine. I'm hammered. Yeah, right now. <laughs> moonshine. Uh, <laughs> what a term that is. I'm, to be honest, I'm pretty sure this is moonshine in a bottle. I've never heard of it in my life, and it doesn't taste the best either. But it's, it's the only thing could rob from me flatmates while he's away. Well, there goes another sponsor, David. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Pickford, Kenny, Holgate, Williams, Martina. I'm going four in the back. Uh, Schneiderlin, Davies, Rooney, uh, Sigurdsson, Bolasi, DCL. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's going to keep Bolasi in, trying to get him continue to kind of get in shape. I think he wants him to get up to speed. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of Lennon playing because I think Lennon actually is one of the reasons we create so many uh, penalties, PKs. Uh, Lennon, Lennon making those runs, angling runs inward to the box, just creeping in the right side. I think he he's drawn a lot, drawn a lot for us. Um, he's dangerous, but I also think Belasi. I don't know. I think he wants to get Belasi up to speed. So I'm just going to say he starts with him. We're never right about these, by the way. Uh-oh. Never have we ever have we genuinely one time nice? one time all of us picked the same team and Sam picked it. I think it was like a couple of games ago. One time we got it right. They, was they, it the they, one where? Davies, I was, yeah. What's going on about they? I, I mean, I don't think Davies have played particularly well over over the the, the last few weeks, particularly when he's been given game time. I just as particularly with Bournemouth being that type of physical, you know run into the ground type of team. Mm. I, just, I just don't know. I don't know whether he's just going to get no, bullied. I'm going to give um, I'm going to give Max a shameless plug here for his match, uh, match ratings after the game. But I actually thought you were nail on the head when you said that Davies is a lot more potent when he is in an attacking side. Mm. I think when he's in this kind of setup that we're doing at the moment I think he doesn't offer very very much and that's probably explains why he hasn't been that great recently so I think Aldice needs to actually pick and choose when he's going to start Davies so he needs to decide if we're going to be more attack and bring him in if we're not bring someone else in he was a, he was a catalyst uh, a couple games ago uh, was it against Swansea mm. when we brought him in and after we brought him in we changed formation and we looked stronger our attacking intent went up a notch so yeah um all right prediction what's the what's the score going to be i'm going to say 2-1 everton i think we're going to we're going to finish the year on a high and get our our third away win of the calendar year pathetic that Mm, two all all right, two one, two all. I'm saying one zero, we win. Because if we start defensively the way I'm worried we're going to, I don't think they'll score. But I, I, I don't know. I'll be if we start like that. I'll be surprised if we score. I don't know. I just think we'll grab I, one. Yeah, I think they'll score. I can, I can just, I can just see it. It's in his bones. That type of team, Bournemouth have kind of discovered that over the last few years. Whenever we come up against them, they just they, they can't develop a bit of a bogey team reputation almost. And then it's, it's one of them fixes that I look at, and then just you know we we need to take it to them and just don't lapse because if we if we start getting complacent, then they will punish us. 
Mm. Yeah. But you can't... The thing is, you, you've got to rely on your attack sometimes when your defence can't keep them out. And we can't just keep relying on the defence and open that window for goal. We mm. know if they do score, we need to be in a position where we've scored enough to still win the game. I think we've got to start doing that on Saturday. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking Sam's just thinking, let's grind this out until the window. Mm. I feel like that's just okay. his mindset right now. To be honest, I don't think, I don't think we'd mind if, if, if the January is like almost revolutionary and that you know we we fix the problems in the squad and we're able to play attacking football. You know, I, that, if that happens, though, right? It just it, you know this is just I'm holding a lot to this January. You know, I'm hoping to see the Everton that we all expected to see in the summer come yeah. out in this January. Yeah, agreed. Uh, fingers crossed on that. <laughs> it probably won't happen on mm. Saturday. Oh, Jerry, let's just leave it on a positive. Let's just leave it with that. We're going like that to win thirty yeah. to one. Uh, that'll be the halftime score. <laughs> yeah, there will be a time where Big Sam takes off his shirt. There's a positive for you. I like opener. <laughs> Um, okay, well, that's it. I, we, we've got nothing else. That's our Bournemouth preview. Um, yeah, and that's and for, that's that's the end of the big show. All right, uh, for you people listening on podcast, thank you. That's awesome. Subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, rate it, preferably highly, if you can. All right. If you're digging the videos, please subscribe. Uh, our numbers are going up, and it's because of you. Thank you. Uh, leave a like. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think is going to happen in the Bournemouth match. Uh, yeah. Uh, check out David's stuff on the Sportsman and the Toffee Blues website. Check out Max's stuff on the Toffee Blues website. He's been given player ratings lately, and they're all completely 100% accurate. But if you don't agree, just tell him. He loves criticism. He loves it. He said, bring it. We'll have, a form, we'll have a formal discussion over our disagreements. <laughs> and he means that yeah, exactly, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Politely as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but, guys, I, I think this is it. Uh, I think this is our last video before, uh, before New Year. So, uh, in advance, Happy New Year to all you people out there. Right? Yeah. All the best. All right. So, that's yeah. it. Thanks so much. Uh, C-O-Y-B and all that. Let's let's get a let's get a win. Let's actually get shots on goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, all the best everyone. Thanks for a good 2017. Definitely. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks so much for the support everybody. We genuinely appreciate it. That's it for Toffee Blue View. We'll see you next time in 2018. Bye. Peace.